We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com live post-game show slash podcast. Well, we just witnessed history. LeBron James has scored more points than anyone in NBA history. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on hand to officially hand the record over to LeBron. But then we saw the Lakers completely spoil the night with uninspired play, some ridiculous lineups, all kinds of things that were just a mess and ultimately led to the Lakers losing the game, which I know was the primary concern for Lakers fans coming into this game. You got to get a win. This is a team that's in front of you in the standings. The Lakers have talked about how much they understand now that they've got to get wins and where they're at in the standings and where they're at in the season and how many games are left and all of that. And then fell flat on their faces, did not back up that talk at all. So we've got a lot to talk about. Tonight, in this one, to break down this game, LeBron James, again, does set the record. And look, that was 38 points for LeBron. Seven boards, three assists, three steals. Four of six from deep. Eight of ten from the free throw line. 13 to 20 shooting. That moment was incredible. End of the third quarter. is 10 seconds left or so. 11 seconds. You stop the game. Incredible ceremony. LeBron's getting choked up. He's he's crying. Like, amazing accomplishment. I don't want to take anything away from that. Like, Lakers nation, we're all in a bad mood right now, right? After watching what the Lakers just, and frankly should be, should be after what you just saw this team do out there. But that shouldn't necessarily take away. It's it's perhaps that's even more frustrating, right? That it takes away from, as much as we say it shouldn't, it takes away from LeBron passing that record to see the team come out and do the things that they did. And again, some of that's on, on the coaching, That was an incredible moment. That was a historic moment. That was a moment that, I mean, I thought for years we thought we would never see. Nobody was going to pass Kareem's record. That was not going to happen. Nobody was going to take over the scoring title. It was was untouchable. And yet here's LeBron at 38 years old, averaging 30 points per game. Averaging. You look at the other guys that are up there in terms of the all-time scoring records. When they got to their last year's, They were nowhere near the level that LeBron is at right now. It's unbelievable the things that he's doing. And I'll tell you what, it is 
a tragedy that the Lakers, as a team, as a coaching staff, decided to go out and put on the performance that they did tonight and tarnish that moment. Because now, when we look back, when we think about that moment, this should be something to be celebrated. And now, when we look back on this, it's going to be LeBron set this incredible record, but the team didn't show up. The Lakers didn't show up for the game against against the Thunder and a game that they badly needed. So we've got a lot to talk about in terms of that. And again, that, maybe even more so than what this means for the Lakers season, that is tragic. That 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to look back on this game. We're going to remember this night and we're going to think LeBron set the record. Oh, yeah. And the Lakers completely blew it in the game and no-showed. Terrible. Terrible. That's that's frustrating. That's frustrating to have what should be an incredible memory, an incredible moment, tainted like that. Awful. Awful, awful, awful stuff by your Los Angeles Lakers and inexcusable. Inexcusable. And that's the other part of this. You can look at this, you can say, well, it was a big emotional moment. Sometimes it's you could you can't bounce back from that. It's, you know, you're so focused on that, you get taken out of your rhythm and and all of that sort of stuff. And all of that's real, all of that's true. Right? But the Lakers don't have time for excuses. That's the thing. The Lakers knew this going in. That, yes, there's all these, you know, you're going to have all this emotion behind the moment and, and all of that. But you have to figure out a way to get the job done. You have to get the win. You can't go out there and lose the game. Because guess what? This was the easy game. Next up is Milwaukee. That's an actual good team. Yeah. You're at a point in the season where you can't afford a three-game losing streak, and that's what the Lakers are staring down pending this matchup with Milwaukee on Thursday. This team knew what the situation was. They knew that they were going to have to figure out a way to win the basketball game despite all the emotion and everything else wrapped up in the moment. And, hey, trying to feed the ball to LeBron, trying to break the record, might be taken out of your rhythm. You knew all of that was going to be a challenge you still have to adapt and overcome. You still have to find a way around that. You still have to find a way at the end when the final whistle blows, that buzzer sounds, you have to find a way to get the job done. The Lakers did not do that. Instead, they did the opposite. They did the exact opposite. In fact, for the second game in a row now, for a Lakers team this season, where we've said their MO has been, they fight. This team fights. They stick in games. There's close games, right? Sure, they fumble things away down the stretch, and that's frustrating. They don't know how to close out games, and that's for, but games are close, and they fight to get back into games, and they play hard all the way through. This is two games in a row where that's not been true. Against the Pelicans, the second half, the Lakers were outworked. That was a must-win game, a game that mattered so much for the standings, mattered for the pick swap, and the Lakers looked like the team that did not want it bad enough. The Pelicans looked like the team that wanted it so much more. Tonight, we saw the same thing, especially after LeBron set that record. In the fourth quarter, the team that looked like they wanted to win the game was the Thunder. The Lakers looked like they were ready to pack it in and go home. They didn't look like they were that interested in winning a basketball game. And again, that has not been this team's MO. That's been last year's MO. 
Last year's Lakers, and I talked about this almost every night last year, about how the team was not competing at an NBA level. They were not putting forth the minimum effort to compete in the NBA. We saw that from last year's team, and it was disgusting. It was gross. This year's team, that has not been a problem for them until these last two games. Second half against the Pelicans, and look, last game of a road trip, trap game, we can talk about all that. But second half against the Pelicans, last game of a road trip or not, with everything on the line that was in that game, and they come out flat like that. And now tonight, this happening again with everything on the line against the team that's sitting one half a game above them. You win this game and you move above them in the standings. All this talk from the Lakers about we understand where we're at. We know we got to start winning games. We have 28 games left. We're going to win 19 of them and all this stuff. That's what you've just been saying. And you come out and you do what you did tonight. That's a choice. It's a choice that they made. And that's a disturbing one at that. And of course, all of that is going to bleed into what we're going to see at the trade deadline here coming up on Thursday. So a lot to talk about. Let me get into some of your questions, some of your comments. So you can tell. I'm not in the, I know Lakers fans, I can tell from the chat, you guys aren't in the best mood. I'm not in the best mood right now seeing that. And we should be, we should be celebrating right now. We should be celebrating that LeBron broke this incredible record and and all of that. And they should have you know gotten a win and moved up in the standings and everything. And Lakers chose not to. Let's get into this. Let's get into some of your questions and comments. Jared Chalker, doesn't matter what trade is made, if any, we suck. Two of the most important games of the season, and we lose back-to-back. Yeah. And again, it would be one thing if they just lost because they lost, right? And that, and that would not be good. That's not not saying that would be okay. But it's another thing when you lose and you feel like the other team outworked you. And that's what we've seen the last two games. The other team outworked the Lakers. Now, also say this. LeBron James was a plus eight. You lost the game by three. LeBron played 34 minutes, and he was a plus eight. So in the 14 minutes that LeBron didn't play, you're a minus 11. In 13 minutes, everything falls apart when LeBron is not in the game. And part of that is, oh my goodness, how are we still putting out three-guard lineups, particularly with LeBron not on the floor? I pulled this stat and put it onto, onto Twitter. The Lakers, when LeBron is not on the floor and the three-guard lineup is Beverly, Schroeder, and Westbrook, they are a net minus 16.2 points per 100 possessions. That means that, and most games are usually, you know, like about 100 possessions or so. So on average, if they were to just play that three-guard lineup for a whole game, on average, not on a bad night, on average, they would lose that game by 16 points. They would get blown out every night on average with that lineup on the floor. And we're still going to it. We're still seeing that. And that's on the coaching staff. That's on the coaching staff. There is no reason anymore to go small like that. It doesn't exist. There was a point when the Lakers were so banged up, so injured. You didn't have Rui Hachimura yet. You still had Kendrick Nunn. You, you look at the roster and you say, well, what, what else are you going to do? There's only so many healthy guys. The healthy guys happen to be guards. They're smaller. You got to put your healthy players on the floor. You don't have enough wings. You're kind of forced into this. That's not the case anymore. It's not the case. You've got more help on the wings now. Anthony Davis is back. Austin Reeves came back tonight. Didn't play a lot. He's on a, you know, I'm sure he's on a minutes restriction. But you don't have to play 
these tiny lineups anymore. And yet we're still doing it. Still doing it. That's going to cost you games. I think coaching mistakes have been a problem this season and it started to cost them games. Uh, Keon said, happy birthday, Trevor. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I, I do appreciate that. Hope you had a great day. I did until the, con- I was having a good day until the conclusion of this game. Um, said, happy LeBron as well for passing the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 100%. That was absolutely incredible that LeBron has, has accomplished this. And by the way, this is not the end, right? He is going to obliterate this record. Like this is now going to become the great unbreakable record in sport because LeBron, I mean, he's he's probably going to hit 40,000, maybe more, right? Like LeBron is this record is going to be unreal. Like try anyone trying to to beat this record, it it may never happen. Uh, NG Games said Frank would have a better record with this team. So we were talking about this over on Playback, which, by the way, if you haven't joined us yet over on Playback, I put the link in the description of all of our YouTube videos. Um, over on Playback, we do the we do our own live stream of the game. You can come join it, hang out with us, talk hoops. It, it's a good time. We commiserate together when the team's losing, certainly. But uh, Frank Vogel would have a better record. So I've been saying all season that Frank Vogel, I think, defensively, his defensive schemes are better. There were moments where, and a number of moments, where the Thunder were getting just wide-open looks. And the Lakers' defense didn't seem to know who to guard. Um, Isaiah Joe, great three-point shooter. And one of the first possessions down the floor, the Lakers didn't defend him. He just walked into a three, and the Lakers looked like they were so, oh, that guy can shoot? Like, they were surprised. Well, that's on preparation. That's on the coaching staff, right? Um Frank Vogel's defensive schemes were very good. The flip side, though, is, I again, last year's team didn't compete for Frank Vogel. They didn't play very hard. This year's team, I've largely felt, while the X's and O's may not have been as good, the defensive schemes are not as good as what we saw for Frank Vogel, this team competes. This team plays hard. Um, tonight, that was not the case, though. And last game, that was not the case in the second half. So that's the big difference. So I don't know if they would be better with Vogel or not? Because are they playing as hard as they did for Darwin for most of the season? I don't know. Sean Tate, Darwin Ham equals great value, Doc Rivers. Again, I have a hard time um, not putting blame on, on the coaching staff when we're seeing them continue to go to lineups that the advanced metrics just say, this is not a good decision. And it's happening over and over and over again. Uh, Reeb said, hopefully Russ just played his last Laker game. And what was up with AD tonight? Congrats, GOAT, on all-time record. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So, Russ, in this game, you saw the good and the bad, right, from Russell Westbrook in this game. You saw Russell Westbrook throw the ball into the stands multiple times in this game. We saw bad turnovers from Russ. We saw bad shot selection a few times from Russ. Um, Russell Westbrook can exit this game literally saying he threw a pass to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's something. He literally threw a pass to Kareem, who was sitting courtside. On the flip side, most of the team is not playing hard. Most of the team doesn't look like they're interested in playing basketball. And there's Russ flying up and down the floor. There's Russ crashing to the floor. There's Russ attacking the basket. There's Russ looking like 
He cares. 27 points, eight assists, two steals, six turnovers were rough. Three of six from the free throw line, four of seven from three. That's, I mean, that's great three point shooting for Russ. 10 for 19 shooting for the game. Can't complain about that. Look, the, the turnovers were bad. The turnovers were bad. He also missed a layup. Missed a, right at the rim. Missed a layup. Uh, missed a couple. Those are the mistakes that you see from Russ that are allowed that get people upset with him. But aside from those bad turnovers, in a game when we saw the rest of the team, their energy level drop and then look like they didn't want to be out there and, and all of that, all of that disgusting stuff that, that we saw in terms of the energy level, there's Russ flying up and down the floor. And you've got to give him credit for that and say, that, that's fantastic. That's what you want to see. So you got both sides of this from Russell Westbrook. You got the good and the bad in this game. And so you got to give him credit. You got to give Russ credit for while the game looked like it was slipping away, there was Russ. He was the guy that was continuing to play hard all the way through, even when other people were not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Denitrify said two timeouts remaining down six and Ham doesn't advance the ball. But again, there's been a lot of coaching mistakes made and that was certainly one of them. Um, some head scratchers, some real head scratchers in this one. It, I, I don't know about you. I had the sense watching this game that the Lakers just didn't, it was almost as though they didn't have a scouting report on OKC. Like, Jalen Williams shoots and hits a three, and it's like, oh, wait, we have to defend this guy behind the three-point line? Like, they didn't know that that was a thing, or they didn't know that Isaiah Joe could shoot the three. It was as though they just hadn't spent a lot of time preparing to deal with the Thunder. And how about this, too? I already talked, ranted a little bit about the small ball lineup. How do we not learn the lesson from last game? Brandon Ingram. 6'8", with a what, 12-foot wingspan, right? He's just endless arms, right? 7'3", wingspan, I think, actually. The Lakers tried to defend him with Patrick Beverly, who's 6'1". And Pat's a good defender, right? He's a good defender, but the Lakers came into the season saying, oh, Pat's Pat's a wing. We're going to see, we, Pat is actually, we're going to see him as a wing. He's going to be a 3 and D wing for us. He's 6'1". And we all said, oh my gosh, they, they can't really be doing that. They can't actually do that. Pat can switch onto wings sometimes, 
and get away with it. But to ask him to be that is tough. So they put him on Brandon Ingram, and it was a disaster. Brandon Ingram shoots over him every single time, goes for 35 points. Troy Brown tries to defend Ingram a little bit. AD never really defends him, which was strange. Rui Hachimura, who is 6'8", has a 7'2 wingspan, doesn't defend him, which is strange. Those are, those are decisions you're making. But you would think, okay, hey, first-time head coach, go back, you watch the film, what mistakes do we made? Hey, maybe we should try this instead. Patrick Beverly is defending Josh Giddy tonight, who's 6'8". Yes, he's technically their two-guard, and Patrick Beverly was technically the two for the Lakers. But why are we making that same mistake all over again? Now, I'm not saying that that was the reason why they lost this game necessarily, but Giddy did put up 30 points tonight. Not all of those were, or I'm sorry, SGA did. Giddy had 20 points tonight. Not all of those were on Patrick Beverly, but there were moments in this game where it was pretty clear that Patrick Beverly was not big enough to guard Giddy. Does Patrick Beverly have to start? Is that a must? Even when you know going in that he's in, he's at a seven-inch disadvantage in terms of height going in. 6'8 against 6'1. Are we so married to this starting lineup that you want to put Patrick Beverly into that situation where you're going to ask him to defend a guy that's that much taller than he than he is? That has that much of a size advantage? Is it so important to start Patrick Beverly? that you're going to accept being at that disadvantage going into the game? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That doesn't make sense. Co-op said it was a great celebration. Braun got celebrated the way he truly deserves, got me all emotional. But this is the best thing for us this season. We're not going anywhere with Darvin's scam and LeBron's injured. Yeah, LeBron did come out of the game at the end there. Something going on with his ankle. Something to keep an eye on. We'll see what ultimately comes from that and what gets said. Um, but again, this team, uh, unfortunately, did not get, get the win. Now what happens here at the trade deadline? Now what happens? So you've had two costly losses in your last two games. I've been saying it for a while, but I think what this means is now, if you're the Lakers, it's even more important that whatever you do at the trade deadline, you're not going all in on this season. You're not going all in. So I've seen a lot of people who just say, throw their hands up and say, season's over. Just hang on to the picks. Don't do anything. I don't think that's necessarily the approach. Hang on to the picks could be a thing. But if you're going to hang on to the picks, I still think you try to find a smaller trade and you swap out some of the expiring salary for salary that doesn't expire, as long as it's not necessarily bad contracts or players that just can't help you next year. Because what's going to happen is if you just let all these guys expire, Patrick Beverly, uh, Russell Westbrook, right? Lonnie Walker, you let all these guys expire and just fall off the books. You're going to have, after you pay Rui Hachimura, assuming you do that, you're going to have 20 million in cap space. Not enough, not enough to go really do something big. You're not going to have enough cap space. Whereas if you bring in some salaries, let's say you go get Buddy Heald. Okay, $20 million next season. Now, over the summer, you've got, at least a $20 million salary that you could put into a trade. You're going to have three first-round picks to play with over the summer um, because you're, you'll be able to use this year's draft pick in a trade, plus 2027, plus 2029. But the problem is if you let Russ, you let Lonnie, you let Patrick Beverly, you let all these guys expire, yeah, you've got picks to trade, but you don't have much cap space to absorb salary coming in. You got $20 million, which, okay, that's something, but not enough to make a, a big, big move. 
And if you can add some salary that goes beyond this year, well, then you've got salary to send out. Then you just act as an above-the-cap team. Then you can attach those picks to those salaries, and off you go. That option is not there if you just let all these contracts expire and you stay as a below-the-cap team. Now, again, I think it's important that if you do trade for a player, you don't feel like you have to trade that. But you get Buddy Heald, right? That was my example before. Uh, if you can get him without giving up a first, if you can get Mike Conley without giving up a first, you can do the jazz package uh, or something without anything you can do without giving up a first. Maybe it's Tobias Harris. That rumor's been out there. Um, you get somebody who at least, hey, you're not backed into a corner where you have to trade this guy over the summer or something like that. But it's a player who, even if a trade doesn't materialize, can help you out. And then all next year, you've got an expiring contract you can attach assets to. Because otherwise... What happens with Russell Westbrook's contract in particular, because he's the biggest, $47 million, all of that walks away for nothing. And essentially, if we go down the road a bit, that means that you lost a first-round pick, Kyle Kuzma, Tavius Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, Alex Caruso, who's really not in the trade, but still you sacrificed him as part of that, all walks away zero return in the end. That is something I don't think the Lakers can withstand. I think you've got to figure out something better. So that's where I don't think at the trade deadline, even if you say this team is not doing anything this season, I'm frustrated with them, they're done. You still can't throw your hands up and say, well, just don't do a move at the trade deadline. I think there's still incentive to do a move. You just have to be factoring in next season and beyond more so perhaps than even this season. Um, and that's going to be critical. Well, you don't go make a move for a veteran win-now player. You don't do that. That's what you don't do. And that's where the Rui Hachimura trade makes so much sense because he's a guy, he's a Laker this season. He could be a Laker for five, six, seven, eight more years, right? He's young enough. So that's where that, that still makes sense. Senpai said, happy birthday, Trevor, and congrats to the GOAT. Well, thank you for the birthday wishes there. Uh, sorry to both of you, Lakers couldn't get it done. Russ, Bev, Lonnie, enjoy your all y'all last games in purple and gold. Hashtag Fireham. It's possible that some of these guys may have just played their last game as a Laker. That's possible. And by the way, that could certainly be weighing on their minds as well as we get closer to the trade deadline here. So many guys have been in rumors and all of that. But that's also like that's part of being a Laker. When you're a Laker, you know there's going to be rumors around the team. They're going to get involved in a lot of discussions. And you've got to be able to play through that. There's no excuse. Uh, Jerry said, this loss is on Darvin Ham. Zero adjustments made. Three-guard lineup again, benching Max Christie. Oh, my gosh. Can we get Max Christie some minutes when you're struggling defensively? Westbrook and Reeves. Reeves, I actually understand because it's his first game back from an injury. It was a hamstring injury. You want to be careful with stuff like that. He played seven minutes. I'm not, I'm not going to fault Darvin Ham for not playing Austin Reeves like 30 minutes tonight. I understand that. But no trade will help if Ham doesn't learn to adjust. I do wonder if we're at a point where you have to take players away from Darvin Ham. And again, I, I credit Darvin Ham for getting this team to play hard throughout the season. Um, but that being said, there's a scene in the movie Moneyball that I like to reference in this situation where the coach of the, of the A's at the time, uh, he, wants, he wants Carlos Pena, who's a good player, to play first base. But 
you've got the GM, Billy Bean, you've got his whole system. It's built around a player named Hatterberg being the first baseman. And so the coach refuses to put Hatterberg in and, and bench Pena. And so what does the GM do? He trades Pena. So then the coach has no other choice but to play Hatterberg at first base. We may be there with these small lineups where the Lakers need to trade away enough of the guards to where we can't see that they can't play these small lineups anymore to where that's not a possibility because again, they've got wings back. They've got more players with size, not a lot, but enough to where you don't have to play three point guards on the floor at the same time anymore. And it's still happening. You, we might be at a point where the keys to that particular offense has to be taken away. Maybe we're there. Um, speaking of which, the rotations. You also probably shouldn't have a lineup out there that has no LeBron and no AD. Why are we seeing lineups where both LeBron and Anthony Davis are off the floor? If anything, one of them should be on the floor. If, if it's... Otherwise, you're just asking, hey, Russ, go run this whole thing. And I know that was the idea when he came in was, okay, Russ can keep you afloat when LeBron's out of the game and all that, but it's not working. It's not working. Part of that's Russ, but it's not all on Russ. So why not stagger the lineup and have one of LeBron and AD on the floor the entire game and Russ plugs in as he does. And then instead of just throwing Russell Westbrook out and pulling both LeBron and AD, Russ gets to play with AD. Russ gets to play with LeBron. Maddening stuff. Uh, Christopher, Westbrook stock is going up. Hey, look, again, I liked what we saw out of Russ tonight. Overall, I, I, I appreciated the competitive nature we saw out of Russell Westbrook tonight, but we saw the bat as well. Um, I don't think this means he suddenly has trade value that he didn't yesterday or anything like that. I don't think that's the case. Ace of hearts. Lakers haven't been competitive as they were uh, since AD got back. This team doesn't care to win from the coach to the players to the front office. They're saying that they do. They're saying that they understand where they're at and how they're going to make this push and, and all of that. Actions aren't backing it up, though. Actions aren't backing it up. And part of the, the issue, too, was AD came back. And by the way, he was terrible tonight. Anthony Davis said, as much as I talk about, oh, it's the rotations and the coach and all that, AD was awful in, in this game in terms of what you need out of him. He did not provide that. Uh, AD, eight boards, two assists, three steals, one block, 13 points. Six for nine shooting. Six for nine. Mike Muscala was six for 10. Mike Muscala outscored Anthony Davis in this game by three. Mike Muscala defended Anthony Davis without getting obliterated. How do any of those things happen? They shouldn't. And you can say part of that's on the team. Part of that's on the coaches. You should feed the ball to AD. Part of that is, hey, let's get LeBron going. Let's get him the record and all that. But it's not like LeBron was inefficient. If you're Anthony Davis and you're coming into this game and you know this is a must-win game and AD's the one who's talking about, you know, hey, we, we understand we got we to gotta win games and all of that. If you're Anthony Davis and you know LeBron's going to get a lot of shots tonight, my own shots might be a little bit limited. That means what does AD have to do? Oh, he's to be a beast on the boards. He's got to be everywhere defensively. He's got to say, okay, I know this is a historic NBA moment. What else do I do to help this team win the game? Because I might not put up 25 points tonight. 
that, that, that may not be possible in this game. So what else can I do to make sure that we get this win? And it's all of the other stuff. And yet we didn't see that. Anthony Davis was, prior to the injury, he was a lot of the Lakers' defense. He was the back line. He was the guy who was uh, making up for so many mistakes elsewhere. When AD went out, you could just see the defense was nowhere near the same quality. We didn't get that out of him. We got a very muted performance out of Anthony Davis where it didn't you, you didn't feel his presence for most of the game uh, in this one. Frustrating to see that from him. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Mamba mentality, win, lose. I don't know what Russ means. Uh, you can't draw in a basketball game. Uh, no, I'm not talking about fun. Congrats on an all-time leading scorer for LeBron. Tonight was your night, fam. By the way, Russ had six tr- turnovers tonight in your honor. Thank you. I appreciated the extra turnovers there. Again, I'm not even that upset with Russ in this one because of the way he competed. He made his mistakes too. Don't get me wrong. Um, it, he had 20 turnovers on the night. Russ had six of them. By the way, the turnovers were, again, just lackadaisical, sloppy play. There were a number of times, too, where the Lakers would have a 50-50 shot at a rebound or something, and OKC just clearly wanted the ball more. Bizarre performance. Frustrating. Tyler said, congrats, LeBron the GOAT. Glad I witnessed history. Probably a season-ending loss, though. Horrible coaching, no effort. AD got manhandled by rookies. Make trades at the deadline, at least to build for next year. Again, that's the key now. At the trade deadline, it's about what, not just this season, like, hey, you're not going to just throw away this season, but what can we get that's going to potentially help us this season and in the future? That and in the future piece just becomes more and more important with each bad loss here. At least with Vogel, the team gave defensive effort. I don't know. There were a lot of games where we talked about last night. Um, the... The Lakers just, they did not, uh, last season, they just did not look like they were putting in the effort. Keon said, I want your take on Brian Windhorst's take on ESPN today about the Lakers trading Russ now and be better about 10% and maybe a playoff team or keeping Russ and maybe able to get Kyrie coming this offseason. So that's still out there, right? Kyrie Irving, he's going to be a free agent this summer. Can the Lakers sneak in and take him away from Dallas? Uh, Kyrie all the rumors he wanted to be a Laker. But here's the thing. The Lakers' best case scenario, and perhaps Brian Windhorst wasn't thinking about this, but best case, the Lakers are going to have, what, 34-ish million in cap space? That's best case. 
And that means some very difficult decisions. That means Rui Hachimura, you let him walk away. Now, maybe you can say, look, are you going to let Rui Hachimura stop you from getting Kyrie Irving? It's not ideal that you traded away picks and stuff like that, three second-round picks, in order to get Rui Hachimura for this season. But if Kyrie is saying, I will come join your team, are you really going to let him prevent you from signing him? Understandable. But is Kyrie going to take that big of a pay cut? That's that's a lot. That's like, what, $12, 13000000 million off of his max? That's a big pay cut that, that he would have to take in order to do that. Now, and that's if the Lakers are willing to just say, see you later, Rui. We're going to renounce you, no longer have your cap hold, and you're not going to play for us anymore. And you'd have to make some difficult decisions with some other players too. Now, maybe you say, well, Kyrie's worth it, but I don't know that that's a realistic path. How realistic is it for a Kyrie Irving who the Nets wouldn't give him the trade he or the contract that he wanted. And Kyrie went from saying, I want an extension to you won't give me a four-year max deal. I want to be traded then. How realistic is it that Kyrie is then going to tell the Lakers, I will take less to play for you. It's Kyrie, so you never know, but it just doesn't sound likely to me. I don't know that the Lakers are in position to realistically sign Kyrie Irving. So I'm not, I'm not super concerned with that. Now, if there's simply no deal there that makes sense and you walk into that opportunity and somehow that comes true, okay. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm not acting as though, unless I have specifically heard from Kyrie's agent that Kyrie will take a pay cut and he will sign with the Lakers over the summer and then you just have to trust that that's going to happen. Unless that's what I'm hearing, I'm not operating as though he's a realistic option over the summer. I, I don't think he can, unless you're specifically hearing he will take a big pay cut and come play for the Lakers. JT Martin, fire him and Palinka tonight. Don't let them in the locker room. Horrible construction of a roster, horrible coaching decision, shaking my head. Where was Rob Palinka? Notice he wasn't there at the at the ceremony for LeBron. And I'm not saying that's a, a bad thing or whatever, but maybe that tells you something's afoot there. I don't know. That's it, it was just noticeable that he wasn't there. Uh Wicked Bronco. In another must-win game, the Lakers have a no-show. Seemed like they only care about the record. This team looks like they've given up on the year. And that that it's hard not to get that impression from this game. And again, that hasn't been the thing. Uh, that hasn't been how we were viewing this team. This is the team that competes night in and night out. Didn't do that tonight, though. Didn't do it tonight. Mario says, Trevor, I was at the game. Oh, what well, great game to, to go to, at least to see history, right? Uh, it was incredible to see LeBron break the record. Just wish the Lakers won. Terrible defensive cl- collapse in the fourth hurt. Yeah, I mean, let me say this. That Thunder team... Wow, they're well coached. And wow, do they know what they're doing with their timeouts. Every big moment where it felt like, okay, the Lakers are about to go on a run. The Lakers just made a big play. Boom, timeout. The Thunder were on it. Mark Dagnall, I mean, give him credit. Every momentum-changing moment, they were right there to reel it back in. And every time the Thunder responded, the Lakers go up by five, Timeout, Thunder get a three, 
get a bucket, get another bucket, go on a next thing, next thing you know, they're up five. It's a 10-0 run, right? Lakers go on a little run, boom, timeout. Lakers get a bucket in transition in the fourth quarter, timeout. They, they did not let this game get away from them. And every time they ran an after an out-of-timeout play, they scored. More often than not, they, they scored. They didn't turn the ball over. They knew exactly what they were trying to do, exactly what they were trying to get to. 20 turnovers for the Lakers, 12 for the Thunder. It was pretty clear that despite being a much younger team, the Thunder looked like the veteran squad that knew what they were doing. And man, the coaching staff made some really smart decisions that we haven't seen out of the Lakers coaching staff this season. Vinny said, happy birthday, Trevor. Such a historic night, and we didn't show up defensively. What was up with AD? Felt like he didn't want to play tonight. Uh, do we trade anything or just save our picks? Disappointed. Well, I think you can still you can still find a trade and take on some future salary, even if you're not trading picks. Potentially. Now you got to be willing to take on some bad salary. Maybe it's Gordon Hayward, something like that. But that said, I don't know if if you do a move, it's got to be a move that can work for the next two, three years. It can't be a move that just works for this year because you don't know. Look, you could still make a run this year. They're not They're not done, done. Like they could still make a run this year. They could still win. Um, they could still get themselves into the play-in mix and, and all of that. That's not out of the question here. But you don't, given the way things have gone, especially these last two games, you don't make a move that can only work for this season. Got to be next season as well. Uh, Bruce said, congrats to the King, all-time leading scorer, GOAT. Unfortunately, it was overshadowed by the loss. This is a devastating loss. And with every loss, time is running out. Deadline is approaching. Rob needs to move. Well, yeah, fortunately, now there's no more games to play until the trade deadline will be passed. And that's been a problem for the Lakers, right? We've talked about it a bunch. They needed a trade a month ago. They needed a trade two months ago. They couldn't, we talked about how they couldn't really wait for the trade deadline. But the problem is nobody else in the NBA has been selling. So they didn't have any trades really to make. Um, they couldn't, the longer they waited, the longer we waited for the trade deadline to get here, for teams to get realistic with their prices and all of that, the more you just keep playing middle of the road basketball. And when you have to dig yourself out of the hole that you put yourself in by starting the season two and 10, well, you don't have time to wait. Because now, let's say they do something great at the trade deadline. Now you have such a small amount of games left that it's really difficult to make up the kind of ground that you need to. So unfortunately, they kind of had to wait for the trade deadline because teams weren't ready to move players. But the Lakers needed to get something done two months ago, at least a month ago. So they would have enough games still left on their schedule to where whatever they did can have enough of a positive effect on their final tally here unfortunately i've also been thinking this a lot look at the deals that maybe maybe are out there best case at the trade deadline we're talking utah mike conley jared vanderbilt malik beasley look fine players i think they'd fit great I'm not saying i'm against that i wouldn't do it for two firsts but fine players best case what Gary Trent, Fred Van Vliet, although I've heard that's probably unlikely that you can get both of them 
That's a that's a two pick deal for sure, but probably unlikely that you're going to get both of them. Maybe you get one of them. Maybe, maybe you get Gary Trent, something like that. But you look at all these deals. Go okay, the Spurs, Yaka Pertl, Josh Richardson, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, something like that. Right, like those are the kind of deals that are out there. Are any of those better than Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? Maybe the Raptors. Maybe if, and again, I've heard this is not likely. Maybe Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. But those are two guards. Do you need guards? Not necessarily. But talent-wise, hey, that, that, look, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. If that's on the table, I'm doing it. I'm trading for both those players. I'm giving up the picks. Off you go. Maybe. And I don't think that deal's even available. And this is what we were talking about before the season started. Are you really going to get a better offer than Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for both those picks? Are you going to get that offer? Is that going to come? That was the gamble the Lakers took. They took a gamble when they decided to turn that down. We talk about the old adage, you know, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush and all that. The Lakers decided that they were going to see if Darvin Ham could rehabilitate some of Russell Westbrook's value and they can get a better trade during the season than that deal. And I think to some degree, they probably thought, you know what? This deal is going to be here in December, in January. They didn't anticipate the Pacers could win more games and suddenly not be willing to trade Miles Turner, which is where we're at now. So that deal, the Lakers decided to gamble that Darvin Ham would increase Russell Westbrook's trade value, that the Lakers as a team would keep themselves afloat until that better deal did come along. That this team, this team would find a way so that they weren't under this immense pressure to make a move and a better deal would come along. They would at least be afloat. They would be a 500 team or something. They'd be in the mix in the West and they could find a better move than Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Didn't go down that way. This was the risk that they took. And right now, it's hard to not look back. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's hard not to look back and think, my God, where's this team right now if they had just done that deal? They sure as hell aren't starting 2-10. and 10. They're not starting the season 2-10. and 10. They're certainly more balanced. That was the trade that was sitting there. And right now, here we are at the trade deadline. And I don't know that there's anything better than that out there than what they already passed up. Unfortunate decision there. Anthony said, trade Westbrook, Darvin Ham, and two firsts for Trent Van Vliet and two and Nick Nurse. Well, they're not doing that. Also, hire a psychologist to figure out why AD disappears into the bushes like Homer Simpson. AD really did disappear in this one. Now, so there's a an image going around of, it's a video of Anthony Davis kind of walking around on the court, not looking happy. He sits back down while all of his teammates are standing uh, by the bench. And he's sitting as LeBron breaks the record. LeBron breaks the record. All of his teammates are up and they're cheering and AD remains seated on the bench. Not a good look. Um, Ryan Ward from Lakers Nation threw a little context and said what he thinks was going on was AD was upset that he got pulled out of the game right before LeBron was going to break the record. He wanted to be on the court when LeBron broke the record. But nonetheless, there's the Lakers all celebrating LeBron, this historic moment, 
They're all up. They're all standing. They're all cheering. He hits the shot. They're all out on the court celebrating. And there's Anthony Davis sitting by himself on the bench. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not a great look. Not a great look. Uh, Keon said, at last, we really need to consider trading AD. I hope AD plays better in the future, but if this motorless AD keeps happening, any Russ or Bev trade won't save us. Well, there's some truth to that if the if AD asks for a trade. I still think, you know, AD's played at MVP level at times this season. I don't think they're trading him by the trade deadline or anything like that. Maybe it's something you look at this summer, but are you really, what are you going to get right now for Anthony Davis? Are you going to get pieces that are worth trading Anthony Davis for? Probably not. Probably not. So the trade deadline, it's not going to happen this summer. If the Lakers do nothing at the deadline here and LeBron and Anthony Davis are really upset with that. Maybe you're dealing with a more difficult situation this summer. Maybe you're dealing with a frustrated LeBron, a frustrating AD. Maybe one of them asks out, maybe both. Those are scenarios the Lakers have to consider if they don't do much at the trade deadline. Um, Kyle. Okay, so Kyle disagrees with me. He said, and Kyle is ever the optimist, if you've seen his, his comments on here. Disappointing score, but in larger context, I think it was mostly acceptable under the circumstances. Now that it's done, back to business on Thursday. So he's saying under the circumstances of you've got this big moment, you've got all this uh, emotion behind it and all of that, it's understandable why the team wouldn't look like they were at their best. And while that's not wrong, the Lakers don't have time in the standings for that. They don't have time in the in the schedule, in what's left. In the, they, and they knew this going in. They know where they're at in the standings. They know what the situation is. They know that they're going to have a challenge tonight to remain focused and locked in, but they have to find a way to do it. Ultimately, you've got to get the job done much as we can say, yeah, there's this other stuff going on in this game, and it's all true, but you still have to find a way to win because we're not at, look, if the Lakers were the two seed right now and they did this, yeah, just dismiss it and say, well, you know what, they they were locked in on LeBron and passing the record and, and all that kind of stuff, setting the record, all that, and you could dismiss it. Where they're at right now in the standings, they don't have time for that. They don't have any kind of leeway to allow for that, they still have to find a way to get the win. And they didn't do that tonight. They didn't do that. Mamba mentality. By the way, when are we trading Russ? Tonight or tomorrow? If they're going to trade him, it'll happen sometime before 3 o'clock Eastern time on Thursday. Other than that, I don't know. I don't even know if it's going to happen. I don't think there's a lot of options out there. Uh, this one says, congrats to LeBron on becoming the all-time leading scorer, all-time scoring leader. That it seems they were distracted the whole game trying to feed him the ball every possession. They played no defense and were slow on rotations. Please trade Russ and Pat Bev. Yeah, I mean, that, that sums it up, right? Didn't play good defense. We're slow on rotations. Just did not look sharp. They were switched off for a good chunk of the game. And OKC, again, give OKC credit. Man, every time the Lakers made a mistake, where they were switched off, where they just didn't pay attention, where they weren't weren't putting forth the effort, 
OKC burned them. Almost every time they burn them. The Lakers don't go for a rebound, right? AD doesn't compete for a rebound the way that he should. Shea Gilgis Alexander takes a rebound away. This happened. Takes a rebound away from AD. Turns into a three the other way for, for OKC. That OKC, man, they recognize, again, they're well coached. They recognize the Lakers' mistakes and they punish them for them. Beast mode, season officially over. No, it's not. There's still time. It's not impossible for them to make a run. Look, it's getting unlikely, especially not just losing, but losing to teams like the Pelicans, like the Thunder. That hurts. But not impossible for them to make a run. Ham is awful in the lineup rotation. There's a lot to be upset about with the rotations and what we've seen. Uh, Congrats to the GOAT. 100%. 100%. Matty James, how the F... Do you just leave this team with wide open shots and give up 100 plus in three quarters? Terrible basketball. Yeah, they gave up, what was it, 76 points in the half to OKC? I haven't looked it up, but I would I would assume that's the season high for OKC and a half. I don't, again, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that's probably the season high for OKC and a half. 76 points and a half, and they just, They were firing on all cylinders and the Lakers just didn't look like they cared enough to go defend them sometimes. Ace of hearts. We tied the game and we're down 12, three minutes later. Yeah. The Lakers tied the game at one point. I think it was tied at like one Oh six or something like that. And in, in LeBron was off the floor and in a minute, maybe it was a seven Oh thunder run after tying the game and the Lakers have been down five and they recovered, and they tie the game. You think, okay, here we go, and nope, there it goes. 7-0 Thunder run. They, they responded. Again, the Thunder responded every time. Jay Delgado, Russ is a truly double-edged weapon. He ties the game just to proceed to turn over the ball and kill momentum, plus AD was a factor, was a non-factor tonight. Yeah, that run that I was talking about just now, there was a Russ turnover in that as well. Uh, Anthony Davis, yeah, you can't have... I don't think if you're the Lakers, you can sustain a high turnover game from Russ and this type of performance from Anthony Davis, which again, this was not a good night for Anthony Davis at all. He was not good. Uh, LeBron, by the way, in the postgame show on TNT, did say he feels like he can play for a few more years. Um, He can still go out there and win championships. Oh, Is this a direct quote? LeBron saying, uh, I can still go out there for any group of guys, any franchise. I can go out there and still help win multiple championships. It's interesting if that's the phrasing that he, that he used there. If that's uh, if that's a direct quote, any franchise. Wow. Bruce said LeBron looked hurt in the end. Hope he's all right. Uh, Yeah, obviously. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he just figured the game was over and so why not come out? But LeBron, he's got to be frustrated. He's got to be incredibly frustrated right now in this moment with what he's seeing. I mean, again, LeBron was plus eight. LeBron was a plus eight. And as soon as as he gets pulled out of any game, everything just falls apart. And at 38 years old, he doesn't want to have to still do that. He doesn't want to have to still do all of the heavy lifting right now and he shouldn't have to he shouldn't have to uh first go 
said, what has Troy Brown done to earn minutes that Reeves and Christie have not done? IDK. You know, I think Troy Brown has done some good things this season. He hasn't always been, he's not a star. He's not, he's not even a night in night out role player. You say, okay, we can depend on this guy every single night. Again, I don't fault Darvin Ham for only playing Reeves seven minutes. He's coming off of an injury. I think there's there's a built-in reason for why you wouldn't play Reeves a lot of minutes there. But Max Christie, yeah, when your team's struggling defensively, and that's been his best skill set so far has been defense, you think he would get some opportunities, but he just hasn't. And part of that is probably being a rookie, and I'm sure that's part of the factor here. But I don't know if it's Troy Brown that I'm necessarily worried about in terms of his minutes over Max Christie. It's more, why don't you take some of these three guards on the floor at the same time, three point guards on the floor, and use those minutes for Max Christie. Use those minutes as an opportunity to put Max Christie into the game rather than, hey, we're going to continue to play three small guards in this one. So, all right, let's get into the only award that I'm interested in doing. Obviously, the superstar of the night is LeBron. I'm not going to worry about about that clearly it's his night breaks the what was considered to be an unbreakable record incredible incredible stuff for lebron clearly the superstar of the night but let's get into this one the master lock master lock of the night okay we take the most annoying most frustrating thing from the game and we put it into our buddy chris the masterpiece masters finishing hold the master lock what should get the master lock tonight from this game. Lakers Nation, I have a feeling you guys have plenty to say on this topic. What was frustrating from this game? I know what I would put in the master lock. And so and sometimes we can do abstract concepts and things like that. It doesn't have to be a person or anything like that. But for me, I'm going to go with the team's effort. I think the effort, the intensity, the attention to detail, that's what's getting the master lock from me. Without question. This team did not show up the way they needed to tonight, and especially with what was on the line, history on the line, right? And now this great memory will forever look back and say, oh, but they blew it in that game, and what was such an important game, they no-showed in this one. So the energy, and, and again, because it may be part of a disturbing trend where they again, didn't have the the energy and the effort, second game in a row, in a must-win situation. I'm going to go with that, and I, I'm i going to expand this a little bit to include the coaching staff in that because I think the lack of preparation or what looked like a lack of preparation anyway is at fault here as well. I'm seeing a lot of people say Darvin Ham. I'm seeing a lot of people say Master lock the scoring record because they thought that distracted the team. Master locks careless turnovers. All fair. All fair things that need to be master locked. Agreed. Agreed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. 
let me look and see if there's any more that I want to get into. By the way, if you guys submitted a, a super chat and I didn't get to it, I will get to them. Uh, put it on tomorrow's show. I'll be doing tomorrow's show also on AMP. Uh, so that'll be there if you want to download the AMP app. Uh, if you're an Apple uh, iPhone user, you can download AMP and uh, and then call into the show. It's a lot of fun. So you can find, uh, the, again, AMP, AMP, the app. Uh, search my name, Trevor Lane. You can find the show there. And I, I stream the show live while I'm recording it, the podcast. Uh, it's also being recorded for the video version for YouTube. And, uh, and you can join it and call into the show. So I'm going to do that tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be at 8 o'clock Pacific time. So that'll be coming out uh, tomorrow if you want to come join the show and call in. Also get through a bunch of the super chats and things of that nature as we get ready for, of course, the big trade deadline coming up on Thursday. All right, everybody. Frustrating evening. Frustrating evening. And we witnessed history, but then saw that kind of spoiled by the Lakers' performance tonight. A lot to be upset with, but again, we did witness a historic moment, a moment that we didn't think we were going to see at any point, and yet here we are, LeBron James, now leading the NBA all-time in scoring. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. All right, I'm going to go try to salvage what's left of my birthday. Thank you guys for joining me here tonight. Make sure if you're not doing so already, you subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. You know I'm going to keep you as up-to-date as I can on all of the trade news going on heading into Thursday's trade deadline. Follow the uh, podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.